This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. Forty Things, Part 3 Number 17, Rare Sugars Part of my keto education was to learn about rare sugars, knowledge I have since shared with quite a few people individually, so it may be useful to some of you too. So I imagine we all know that sugar's not good for you, right? And artificial sweeteners aren't always much better. But there are now quite a few sugar alternatives in the market that are naturally sourced and which have zero impact on the body. No calories, no effect on blood sugar, they aren't even digested or absorbed, but they still taste sweet. These include stevia, monk fruit extract, erythritol, allulose. While on their own, some of these have a funny or cooling aftertaste, I have discovered, well, I have learned, other people discovered it, that when you combine them, the aftertastes actually cancel each other out. So now there are quite a few blends that you can buy that behave and taste like real sugar, but are zero carb, zero calorie, and zero glycemic index. Yay! (laughs) So my favorite granular option is all-purpose in the raw from the in the raw brand you probably know from sugar. And I have discovered that I love making low-carb treats with these options, and then I can eat them guilt-free. And when I have them on hand, I am not tempted to cheat with sugar-laden desserts, even at parties. 18. Radiant Me. In April, I started looking for a program that would reintroduce some exercising beyond walking and also provide some structure as I transitioned to low-carb from keto for the summer. So I stumbled across Radiant Me thanks to a Facebook ad and began the 14-day reset. I loved it so much, I grabbed the body sculpting program. Now, I was already at my target weight, so I did not see the weight loss that uh, many people in the community do see. But I did see tightening of crucial inches on the waist and tummy. And I think the thing I love most about it is there's a Facebook group to support each other and encourage each other. Number 19, ADHD. Last fall, my daughter came to me and said she thought she had ADHD and she needed help. She was having big problems focusing on schoolwork, and to the point it was really upsetting her. So we we had noticed a growing trend with this, and it had gotten to the point that we couldn't ignore it anymore. And I think it was especially obvious when her little brother started eighth grade and was flying through the material it had taken her all day to do when she was in it a couple years earlier. So we tried some supplements and diet changes, some focusing techniques, but it wasn't enough. So we sought medical help and found a medicine that has done wonders for her. It's still not without its challenges, but she no longer feels like any concentration is beyond her. Number 20, Poshmark. I've shopped on Poshmark before, here and there, when I was looking for specific things. Well, around Christmas last year, I happened to cross a dress I adored at a local discount shop and decided, you know what, I'm going to hop on the Poshmark and see what else I can find in the same brand, since I know what size I now need in there. And I totally caught the bug. Why, I decided, should I pay high prices for new clothes when I could spend a fraction of it on something worn once or even new? I did a full closet clean out, and will be listing things as I find time, and then replace some things with Poshmark finds, and it has been so much fun. 21. A Christie Award. I told you this was in totally random order, right? <laughs> so last September, when I was flying to my writing retreat with the awesome Stephanie Morrill in Kansas, I turned my cell phone back on after getting off the plane and was bombarded with messages congratulating me on my Christie Award nomination. My what? (laughs) I was shocked. 
because I honestly never expected book three in a series to be nominated, but A Portrait of Loyalty had been. Okay, cool. So fast forward to November. I put on a cute little black dress and curled my hair and donned earrings for the first time in years. Now, I did keep my feet in their fuzzy socks, thank you very much, and I sat down in front of my computer for the Zoom award ceremony. Zoe was right by my side, off camera. The guys were in the other room. They did not want to just listen in. And so I knew that when they announce a winner, they read the opening line of the winning book. So Zoe and I refreshed ourselves on the prologue of Portrait of Loyalty, and then we waited for my category. Then we started laughing when they read the opening of my book, but from chapter one, so not the thing we had just read. After a minute of, wait, wait, is that mine? That's mine! I accepted my first ever award for a published book. Number 22, The Imposters. Not long after my birthday last year, I signed the contract for my next series from Bethany House, The Imposters. It was kind of funny, because the pitch for this was totally off the cuff. I had intended to next write a fairy tale retelling series set in Edwardian Ireland, but they had just acquired a fairy tale retelling series set in Texas by the lovely Karen Wittemeyer. So literally two days before their next meeting, my editor was like, um, hey, got anything else? So cue me going, uh, sure, just a second, and scrambling to make sense of this nebulous idea I had been toying with. And they loved it. I actually just finished writing book one, which is called A Beautiful Disguise, and turned that in last week. So this series is about an aristocratic brother and sister who, when faced with bankruptcy from their father's extravagant lifestyle, become private investigators, basically spying on the elite. Oh, but they don't do it in normal ways, huh? They utilize the odd skills they learned from the entertainers their father wasted all their money on. So we've got circus performers, actors, acrobats, all having taught them things that they use. So it was so much fun. Number 23, earrings. I mentioned above that I wore earrings for the first time in years last fall. Yep. <laughs> so I stopped wearing them in high school, and I just got out of the habit. I certainly didn't reintroduce them with small children, and then I had honestly just assumed my holes had closed up. Well, in October, Zoe decided she wanted her ears pierced for her 16th birthday, so I went through my jewelry box and looked for all of my remaining pairs to give to her. I did pass along quite a few, but I also rediscovered a set that matched a necklace that I wore regularly. And I thought, you know what, let's just try them. To my utter surprise, the holes in my ears were still open after like 23 years of not wearing earrings. How crazy is that? So I still forget more often than I remember, but it has been fun to add that touch of style back into my wardrobe, especially since it means I can wear my dangling book earrings. Which brings me to 24, bookish things. So that's another of my big projects for the last year turning my signed book and t-shirt shop into bookish things, bringing in all sorts of awesome bookish products. I had the idea while we were on vacation in September, and I managed to get the new shop up and running in time for Christmas, and it has been so much fun. So first, just picking out products that tie in with my stories specifically, but it's also been fun to discover book-themed items that are out there. The socks have been my most popular find, hands down. Oh, and the watch pendant that ties in with an hour unspent. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by Bookish Teas and Totes. 
bringing you t-shirt and tote bags for book lovers created by book lovers. Check out bookishteesandtotes.com to see our latest designs. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv slash podcast for other shows I know you'll love.